This is just so difficult to always be preaching doom and gloom, to always have opposition, ridicule, rejection, and things like that. And I mean, while it's true, he's really been strong and he's been relentless. That's a good word. It doesn't mean he's always liked it. And it hasn't been easy for him emotionally. And he's gone through some periods of almost breakdown. We've seen some of those earlier in the book, and we see another one here. So, chapter 20, verses 7 through 10. O Lord, you have deceived me, and I, and I, was, de and I was deceived. You have overcome me and prevailed. I have, I have become a laughing stock all, all day long. Everyone mocks me. For each time I speak, I cry aloud. I proclaim violence and destruction. Because, of, because for me, the word of the Lord has resulted <coughs> and in reproach and derision, deriding all day long. But if I say I will not remember him or speak any more in his name, then in, then in my heart it becomes like a burning fire. Shut up in my bones, and I am weary of holding it in, and I become, and I cannot endure it, for I have heard the whispering of many, tear on every side, denounce him, yes, let us denounce him. All, all my trusted friends, watching for, for my fall, my fall say, perhaps he will be deceived, so that he, we may prevail against him and take our revenge on him. Okay. Well, whose idea was it for Jeremiah to be a prophet in the first place? God's one of his. You know, he didn't really want to be a prophet. I mean, if you remember back in Jeremiah 1, he objected. He said, I don't know what to say. I'm a youth. You know, I can't do this. And God answered his objection and said, you're going to do this. So, I mean, Jeremiah really feels like God almost imposed upon him to make him a prophet. God told him there was going to be an opposition, but still Jeremiah almost feel, felt tricked. You know, the beatings and imprisonments were more than what he felt like he could take. And, I mean, the message just resulted in constant mockery and ridicule all day long. They all mock me, they all laugh at me. You know, I mean, how do you feel? You preach this message and nobody ever takes you seriously. Everybody just thinks you're a big joke. They'll just laugh at you, they spit in your face, they reject you. How many of you love to be rejected? Yeah. Doesn't that hurt? And I mean, Jeremiah is just constant, and it's all because God told him to preach this message. Now, what does Jeremiah do when he feels down and discouraged? Well, he doesn't go on some drinking binge. He doesn't go to the house of ill repute. What does he do? Yes, which is exactly the right thing to do. When you are really down, when you're discouraged, and when you feel overwhelmed, turn to the Lord. Pour out your heart and soul to God. And that's what he does right here. He just tells God, look, every time I speak, every time I proclaim violence and destruction, it's just constant rejection and, and, and laughter, and they just make me feel stupid. You know, how do you like to feel laughed at? You know, for people just not just to think, there he goes again, there's Jeremiah, running off the mouth, never knows what to say, always just, you know, and so forth. You can just imagine. Nobody likes to hear this kind of stuff. 
So they all just feel like Jeremiah is a public nuisance. All he can do is preach death and destruction. So it's all gloom and doom Jeremiah again. That's what the only thing he says. Well, so what did Jeremiah decide to do? Verse 9. Not remember God and not speak anymore. Yeah, he decided to quit. He's going to take matters into his own hands and just stop preaching. He's going to return to private life. This is it. I don't want to do it anymore. God, I quit. But what happened? He couldn't. Why not? It was too powerful of a message. He felt like he had to preach it. Yeah, he said, it's like a burning fire in my bones and I just couldn't, I couldn't not speak it. You know, he just... I mean, the Word of God was like a force inside of him, and, and, and he, he just couldn't stop himself. I mean, when he tried to stop, when he tried to shut up, when he said, I'm not going to speak anymore about it, it just overpowered him, and he was forced to speak it anyway. You ever felt like that? You know, you hated talking about the Lord because you knew people were going to reject it, and yet you got to the point where you couldn't, you could not talk about it. That, that's a, in some ways, you really appreciate that in, in Jeremiah. You know, that he, even though it's constant rejection and ridicule, he preaches it anyway. He says, I've heard the whispering of many, verse 10, terror on every side. See, that's what they're saying. There is old terror on every side again. Oh, my goodness, himself. You know, he uses that phrase a few times, and now it's, it's what they nickname him. There's, there's terror for you. God, terror is going off again. You know, whatever. So that's what they're calling him. He says, all my trusted friends, <laughs> must have trusted friends like this, isn't it? Watching for my fall, say, perhaps he will be deceived so that we may prevail against him and take our revenge on him. You know, so, uh, there's really not anybody he can, he can trust. You know, they're all watching him like a hawk, hoping that he'll say something they can incriminate him with. It's a rough time being a prophet of God in this generation. Jeremiah tried to stop, but he just couldn't get the job done. It just overwhelmed him, all the message of God he had in his bones. He had to speak it. But it wasn't easy. It wasn't fun. And he didn't like it. Did you ever realize prophets had feelings? You know, they get discouraged. It's hard for them. Is it hard for you? Some of you are in school. Is it hard being in school and being feeling left out, feeling sometimes picked on, sometimes just pressured to fit in? Those are hard things. Well, Jeremiah has felt worse than you felt. It's not easy for him. Comments and thoughts? Do we know anything about Jeremiah's family? Not very much. He was from Anathoth, which was a priestly city. He was uh, from the priestly family. We do know in chapter 12 that his family had turned against him. Um, in verse 6, 12, 6, Even your brothers in the household of your father, even they have dealt treacherously with you. Even they have cried aloud after you. Do not believe them, although they may say nice things to you. So we know that his family was plotting against him too, even though they didn't tell Jeremiah they were. Other than that, no. That was just what I was wondering if his family was against him. They were. He didn't really have much of anybody supporting him. We'll see a little later on. He does have like a, I don't know what you want to call it, a secretary, a friend, Baruch. 
and more or less Baruch sticks with him. And from time to time, there are some other people who help him out. But he mostly feels alone. Remember in chapter 15, he says, I go to a party and I sit in the corner and nobody talks to me, basically. You know, he felt very isolated, very alone. Do you like to feel alone? Isn't that a hard thing to feel? You feel like nobody really cares. You know, I mean, who wants to even go to a social event by themselves and everybody looks at you and backs away? Isn't that about the worst thing you could possibly feel? You know, nobody, you go there, nobody talks to you. Nobody acknowledges your presence. That's kind of the way it was for Jeremiah about anywhere he went. Nobody liked him. And it, it wasn't because he was obnoxious. It's because he was preaching a message nobody wanted to hear. But he was preaching it because God told him to. He didn't really have a choice. Do you see why at times it was frustrating for him with God? It's like, God, you're making me preach this that's making everybody hate me. So don't be surprised when some people hate us when we do the right thing and when we see, teach the right thing. But we need to have God's word like a burning fire in our bones that we just can't stop it. Even though we want it. You know, there are times, I mean, honestly, you know, it hurts to be rejected. But if you care enough about the Lord and you care enough about people, even though you feel hurt and rejected, you've got to keep talking. You've got to keep trying. You really appreciate that in Jeremiah. Other thoughts and comments? I think it was really cool uh, how it's described. You know, he's trying to be quiet, but he still can't. Like, it just overpowers him. I think that's really cool. Um, and, yeah, I think it was it Acts 4, where they were in prison and they said, We cannot stop speaking about what we've seen and heard. Uh, and yet, how sometimes us with ease just go fine without saying anything. Yes. Yeah, exactly. We need to have that compulsion. You know, we just can't stop talking. I mean, think about it. If you care about God and you care about people, don't you have to talk? I mean, how can you not warn people? How can you not speak the truth to people you care about when you know it's the Lord's truth, when you know they need to hear it, even though you know it's probably going to make them laugh at you or not like you? So, I mean, Jeremiah is an inspiration. May God make us more like Jeremiah. Other thoughts? I think it's amazing that like, when we feel lonely and isolated, we change to try to fit in, and we do whatever we can to you know, slowly sneak in, even if it is against our conscience. But Jeremiah had all of this opposition and all this pressure on him to cave in, and he still stood strong and didn't change at all. And got even more fiery and passionate. He is encouraging. And, and, you know, I think to know he felt it helps. You know, maybe we would think there were people, I don't know, you almost look at the Apostle Paul. And I almost think of him as being almost like, you know, he didn't have skin. You know, he must have just been so tough. That, that it just all, you know, it didn't ever, never, ever, never seemed to sink in. You never really see him feeling down. It's just like, wow, how can you be that tough? Jeremiah wasn't tough. He felt every bit of it. And he did the right thing anyway. That's really helpful. Alicia. It's interesting to contrast Jeremiah and Elijah. Because Elijah was like, I'm so alone, God. And then 
God brought him to all these people that were hiding, that were prophets of him, and trusted him. But with Jeremiah, God couldn't even do that, because there was nobody left. Jeremiah truly was by himself. Yeah, good point. Uh, I mean, yeah, it's, it's just hard. I mean, it's hard to be alone. It's hard to feel like you're the only one trying to do what's right. I mean, think about what you'd do if you didn't have the church you're part of. What would you do if you didn't have groups like come here and come to camps and things like that? What would you do if you basically didn't hardly know anybody else who was trying to do what's right? How would that be for you? You know, a lot of you have been writing or knowing about Homolu in, in uh, Brazil, in Itajubaquara. And, uh, you know, there's not anybody he sees that's a Christian. He has now met five of us. And not only as of April, before that for a year he'd only met one Christian. But now the five of us went and we spent about seven hours with him. So he's had about seven hours with five Christians and about four hours with one Christian in the year and a half he's been a Christian. And he just doesn't have much contact. He has, in the last three weeks probably, contacted me a couple of times. Actually, once I contacted him, once he contacted me when he was online. He doesn't get online very often. He can't get online very often. Um, and so it's really hard. And he says it's really hard. <laughs> he tells me. And it's really discouraging. Uh, you know, would you do that? Would you be alone? And would you still serve God? I mean, wow, when we've got so much support like we've got, we ought to tear it up. I mean, there's no excuse for us not being bold and not speaking the word of the Lord. We've got a lot of support by comparison, but it may not last. You know, it may be one of these days, brethren just go off into so much error that there's not hardly any brethren left. I mean, it could be. You'd hate to think that. But you know what it could be? That you and a couple more may be the only people who serve the Lord faithfully. You know, you look around and you think about some of the other Christians you know. They may not be faithful in 15 years. It may just be you. You know, because Israel used to be more faithful. And they went farther and farther and farther and farther away. I don't know. What would we do in that situation? It's a good thing to really toughen up when we've got more support, because we may need to be. <laughs> Other thoughts? I think that we've become kind of cowardly in, in not being bold. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, um, it's easy to just take the easy way out. You know, as long as nobody <laughs> finds out I'm a Christian. <laughs> then they stay off my back. But you can't do the Word of God, you can't do what God wants and nobody finds out. I mean, sure, they'd been happy with Jeremiah if he'd not said anything, that's, but he just couldn't do it that way. Just The Word was too strong in him. Other thoughts? Well, you can see Jeremiah really being up and down and up and down here, 11 to 13. But the Lord is with me like a mighty warrior, so my persecutors will stumble and not prevail. They will fail and be thoroughly disgraced. Their dishonor will never be forgotten. O Lord Almighty, you who examine the righteous and probe the heart and mind, let me see your vengeance upon them, for to you I have committed my cause. Sing to the Lord, give praise to the Lord, 
He rescues the life of the needy from the hand of the wicked. All right, so here he's trusting in God. The Lord's with me like a dread champion. He knows his persecutors will stumble and not prevail. They'll be ashamed. You know, they'll be uh, have an everlasting disgrace. He knows that God will uh, vindicate him. He's praising God because he knows God will deliver him. I mean, Jeremiah goes up and down and up and down. You know, he's really down, but then he turns to God and he realizes God's with him. God will bless him. God will deliver him. Praise the Lord. Do you ever get up and down? Do you ever have days where, you know, at one point you're really high and the next moment you're really low and then high and then low? Maybe not all on the same day, maybe so. But over a period of time, you know, you have your moments where you really feel strong, you really have a lot of faith, and then you have your moments where you just feel like throwing up your hands in the air and just quitting. That's Jeremiah. You know, he is a very, uh, he's kind of on an emotional roller coaster here. So this is a high point. For him in 11 to 13. Comments or questions about that? Verse 11 in my translation says, like a dread champion. So is that like dread to his enemies? I think so. Yeah, like a uh, dreaded champion maybe would be the idea. He's going to punish them. But after this high point, he has his low point, 14 to 18. Cursed be the day when I was born. Let the, let the day not be blessed when my mother bore me. Cursed be the man who brought the news to my father, saying, A baby boy has been born to you, and made, and made him very happy. But let, the, let, but let that man be like the cities which the Lord overthrew, without relenting, and let him hear an outcry in the morning, and a shout of alarm at noon. Because he did not kill, the, because he did not kill me before birth, so that my mother would have... So that my mother would have been my grave, and her womb ever pregnant. Why did I ever come forth from the womb to look on trouble and sorrow, and so that in my days, so that my days have been spent in shame? Well, Jeremiah certainly does have emotional mood swings, doesn't he? Now, how is he feeling? Why was I born? Yeah, exactly. He curses the day of his birth. He curses the person who brought the news to his father that a baby boy had been born as if he had anything to do with it. You know, he said, let him be like the cities that God overthrew, like Sodom and Gomorrah or whatever. You know, he curses the, him because he didn't kill him before he was born so that his mother's womb would have been his grave. That would have been better. Only times the word womb is used in Jeremiah is here and in 1.5 where God says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Well, he wishes that God's purpose for him had just been aborted right there in the womb and he'd have died right then. Woe is me! Why did I ever come forth from the womb to look on trouble and sorrow so that my days have been spent in shame? Wow! You ever been that down? Cursed the day of your birth? Wish you'd have never seen the light of day? You know, cursed the man who told your parents that, uh, they, that you were born, and things like that. that. That would have been really discouraging. So, he gets down. You know, things bother him. Now, this is the last time in Jeremiah he complains like this. You know, we've seen him really down several times now in Jeremiah. This is the last. From here on out, we're not going to see him in the pit of despair 
like he was at this point. Maybe that's a sign that he gets stronger as he keeps serving the Lord. I don't think it's a sign that the opposition gets less. Liz? Um, is all of this at the same time? Don't know. Okay. Yeah. It's at least written in Jeremiah to be in the same context. Whether or not he actually said it at the same time, I don't know. Tough. Uh, Jeremiah wrote Lamentations too. He right? did. Um, didn't he say something similar to this, like, like better is the dead than the living and even better than the dead are those who have never been born? Was that before or after this? Well, uh, if he said, I don't remember that for sure in uh, Lamentations, although I haven't studied Lamentations in a while. So like Ecclesiastes? Maybe, but Lamentations, yeah, it sounds more like Ecclesiastes. Lamentations was written at the after this for sure. But I'm not sure he says that exactly in Lamentations. I'm not sure. Reminds me of Job 13 Exactly. Very similar to Job 3. And you can imagine why Job did that too, can't you? Whoa, that was pretty tough. So yeah, it's very much like Job. I mean, I don't know. I mean, people today feel like that, don't they? You ever felt like you just wish you'd never been born? You know, you're, I mean, what about people today that, I mean, we're tempted sometimes to just end it all. You know, I might as well just kill myself. I just, you know, I hate myself. Everybody else hates me. I'm just useless. I'm worthless. And, and sometimes it's for the same thing. When you feel like you're just constantly rejected and constantly being beat up, it's like, I don't know what good I am. I mean, that feeling is not just a 21st century feeling. I mean, people have had that all along. Uh, so, I mean, I think we can sometimes identify. I think we sometimes know what that feels. Maybe we haven't got as good a reason to feel that as what he did. I don't know. Other comments, questions? Alright, so starting in chapter 21, we have prophecies that are more 